Welcome to season one of the Overcomers Podcast. We are going to talk to you about overcoming adversity and living your dreams. If you've ever struggled, this is for you. We're going to talk to you about such struggles as drug addiction, relationship struggles, parenting struggles, incarceration, being displaced from your home. We're even going to touch on things such as sexual assault, or even if you just struggle with finding your purpose, finding your passion, being part of a community, this is for you. Like I said, if you've ever struggled, this is for you. So welcome to the Overcomers Podcast, where we're going to help you to overcome the adversities of life and live your dreams. Welcome everyone to the Overcomers Podcast, where we talk about overcoming adversity and living your dreams. Today, I have special guest with me, Georgia Verdier. Georgia is an amazing woman. We got together at a journey event where she was good enough to be a speaker for us. And Georgia has a master's degree in education. She has a master's degree in public service. She's a retired healthcare manager, uh, mental health, uh, Sunday school teacher, woman's ministry, missionary group, president. This is important for today's topic because today we're going to be talking about racism. And so she has been the president of the Elmira Corning branch of the NAACP for the last 27 years. She's the recipient of various awards, including the Jefferson Award, a New York State Woman of Distinction, and Woman of the Year. So I'm just super excited to introduce to you all Georgia Verdier. Georgia, thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Travis, for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Well, you were my favorite speaker the other night, so I feel like I, I just got the best, uh, best prize ever to be able to have you on the show. So thank you for being here. And uh, I want to want to kind of dive right in now that the audience knows a little bit about you uh, and that they know that we're going to be discussing racism today. Um, you know, if you could just kind of open us up with, um, you know, you are obviously uh, leading, leading the good fight against racism, which I, I wish it, uh, this call today would just end it in our world. Uh, it's something that shouldn't exist. And uh, I'd just love for you to just kind of open up with a few words on that. And then uh, we'll transition into maybe a few questions about the adversities that you've had to overcome to be the woman that you are today. Racism is um, so enormous. It's like a mountain. You can't not get over it. It's like an a, a ocean. You can't get around it. It is humongous. Uh, racism, like air, is all around us. And it is a part um, of, of the world. The world is laced with um, racism. And, and because of that, it caused unspeakable struggles, challenges, and adversity. However, we must learn to not let us stumble or barrier in our journey. So there are some things that are about us that we have to learn how to process and continue to live. So as a Black woman in America, I have learned that early that the road we uh, travel that the road we are traveling and will travel will be rough. Um, I observed other individuals in my life uh, from my young age um, struggling. They were doing the best they can, but it was still a struggle. They, they, um, they tried to do the best they could and they still were having difficulties meeting their objectives. So at that time, I told my mom that um, I didn't want to do all of that. I wanted to work smart, not hard. And I told her because of that, I wanted to get an education. And I was determined to get an education, not knowing where the funds would come from, but I had confidence that a country as rich as America, I could find a way to navigate. So I, I started out on my journey at an early age. I studied hard, um, I worked smart, and I was able to make it through school. Um, I, I thought that um, 
people of color uh, have been on the menus of life too long where they are served up, they are used, they are abused, they are ordered around. And I realized that in order to make a difference, you have to get off the menu and learn how to get to the policy table and help plan the menus. And so my objective was to pre um, prepare myself for a role at the table. That is awesome. That is awesome. I once heard a quote that said that you don't need a million dollars, you just need a million dollars worth of determination. And exactly. it sounds like that's where you were with your education. Is that right? That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yes. No, that's awesome. If you don't mind, uh, sharing with the audience. Um, you know, I just heard you say something too. Maybe I can just segue just really quick. Uh, the other day, uh, Jeremy, who is the owner of our first franchise, um, Jeremy and Corning, that's Jeremy Purifoy, uh, he talked about when he went to school and how, you know, he had to claim African-American and, you know, he was like, well, my dad's black American, my mom's white American, but, you know, I don't know how I wound up being, you know, uh, he just was discussing some of the terms. And I think that, um, I think that myself, um, just wanting to know, uh, from your experience, from your experience and just, you know, kind of where things are at today, um, how, how should people being politically correct, white people such as myself, um, what honors the black community when we refer to our black brothers and sisters, you know, cause, um, you know, some people are saying that you shouldn't refer to people as you know colored and in my opinion white people are more colored than black people because i turn red in the sun and then i'm white out here and then i'm blue when i'm cold and uh you know so uh, you know I, i'm just wondering you know i want to educate our white community as well as to just how we can you know be the best brothers and sisters that we uh we should be yeah. well well you know i know when you're referring to groups you go to color but we would really just just call us refer to us by name but you know, <laughs> <laughs> when you're referring to the group, um, uh, African-American has become the common uh, uh, term that people have been using for the last few years. But during this time of uprising, I noticed that black, uh, black or people of color been on the front page. Um, and, and I don't think it's so much about what are you calling the people, it's what are you doing for and with the people. We are not looking for labels. We're looking for action. And we want uh, people not to think about what what uh, African Americans are doing, the black people are doing, or the people of color are doing. We're we're about what? Why are they doing what they are doing? Uh, if if they're out there on the street protesting and 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 screaming and saying whatever they're saying, let's take a look at that. And if there are problems that they're dealing with, that and we know they are problems, let's come aboard and say, let us all get on this train called change and try to make a difference. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for good people to take a stand for justice and equality. Because for me, you can be a good person, but if you're just on the sideline observing, you're part of the problem. And that's what I find many times because I talk to some really nice people from all persuasion and they'll say to me, Georgia, I'm just so disappointed and so sad about what has happened, but they are not willing to take a stand. Number one, they have maybe our peers who would be against their stance. They have re uh, relatives. They have people in power who were against their stance. So they don't want to rock the boat. But I'm saying we're in this boat together. And if you don't want to sink, maybe you better start rocking. And so I'm encouraging people everywhere to take a stand for justice. And you might get thrown under the bus, but I've learned you can get thrown under the bus, but you can crawl out and stand up and run again. So I'm saying to people, it's not an easy journey. You're gonna uh, encounter some difficulties along the way because many of the protesters during these last two marches 
they didn't have any real violence, but there were people passing in cars, giving them sign, negative signs, or even calling out negative names. And some of the young people I heard from said, they weren't used to that because they had not come up in the age where we came up in, where we protested, but we were trained to be protesters. We had to go through training. We had to learn uh, how to um, take negative behavior and not be reactive to it and exhibit negative behavior. And if we weren't able to do that, we weren't allowed to march. So they didn't go through that. And number two, we had to go through a planning, a strategy meeting prior to going on the streets. You had to have a plan and an outcome before going out there. So the young people today didn't know about that. They just got out there on the street. They didn't realize that if I'm doing the right thing, uh, just protesting, why would people treat me negatively? So we're talking to them about the process because you can be doing good and still re, um, um, be viewed negatively. Mm, I love it. I love, I love that. We definitely need that type of uh, training uh, for our for our young folks that uh, that you can definitely pass on. And I love what you just said. Hop on the train of change. I love that. And if you're standing on the sidelines, you're part of the problem. Mm -hmm. I think in your speech that uh, you talked about. Um, that the only thing that's needed for evil to exist is that for good men and women to do nothing. Uh, exactly. yeah. And I stand by that. Yes. 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 Uh, I think that's a great quote. A great quote. Um, so uh, let me ask you this. Uh, as far as the adversities that you've had to overcome, uh, talking about, you know, when you were first trained to protest and just different things such as that and, and what you had to battle against to become the woman that you are that now inspires change in others. Uh, would you share a couple of those adversities that you've gone through in your life since we're on this Overcomers podcast? Well, let me talk about um, uh, bringing it even closer to home. Uh, just, just in the, uh, you know, I'm uh, in the education field. And um, in spite of, um, just to show you how ingrained racism is, in spite of two master's degrees with honors, I, um, I still was looked over for advancement and all of that kind of thing. I, a few times when the main supervisor was away, they would sometimes put a person with less experience and less education in charge of me. And I had to tell them how to do things. Uh, so, so it goes on and on. And you look at that and you think, um, enough of that, but you don't let that defeat you. You have, because you have to have self-determination and not let the negativity of life determine your, your journey. And so in spite of all of that, I did the best job I could do. I got some of the best evaluations I could get, even if I didn't get promoted. I was pleased with my ability to do the work. I was a, a manager at one time of a facility and uh, the, the people in charge were so convinced that I would fail, that I, I wasn't capable of managing that facility. When the state came in to check, uh, there were different facilities and they were supposed to check, the state was supposed to check uh, our records based on when we opened. I was the third to open my facility. They checked me first. And they came in mm -hmm. and checked me. And um, I didn't know at the time, but my, my um, uh, superiors were so convinced that I was going to fail, they were waiting to get the negativity from the state's evaluation and use it to improve the other facilities. So when they got a call that I passed, they almost fell off of their chairs. And the lady told me, she said, I didn't think you could do it. And I said, praise the Lord, I did it. You know, I'm saying that to say, I could have taken on the sense that they don't think I can do this, so why bother with it? I, but see, when you tell me I cannot, that's when you pump me up to say, I'll show you. And I'm saying to young people today, 
racism, negativity, limitations will be all around you. But don't let that put stop signs on your mind. If you become determined to make it, don't let any of that stop you. You just go for the goal. And, and you can see many young people coming out of the very negative situation you can find, and they rise to the top and become some of the best leaders we ever had. In fact, I had a, a scholarship donor over the years who said to me, one of the prominent people here in the area, said, Georgia, I'm giving a scholarship, but I want you to give it to the average student, the, the C plus B student. He said, because those are the students who are going to run the country. He said, those uh, top uh, uh, GPA students are going to specialize. They become the doctors, the lawyers, whatever. But those that middle group would be the people who run the country. He said, that's where I want my scholarship to go. So I've always believed that um, uh, don't uh, put stop signs on the minds of anybody. You, you meet people where they are, you cultivate them, and you grow them. You don't ever uh, determine that you cannot make it because you come from a single-parent home or, or you come from the ghetto or you come from this place. Uh, you are unique because you are a creature uh, by, made by God. So strive to, uh, to break the, uh, the, the, go through the ceiling. And I said, if you don't reach the, uh, the moon, grab one of the stars and just keep on moving. We need a, a Georgia Verdier book of quotes. I love don't put stop signs in the mind, you know, uh, you know grabbing the stars. This is great. Uh, well, it sounds like, uh, you know, being the woman of faith that you are, Regardless of who's put over you, I was once told this in my life, do every job like you're working for God. You know, do, you know regardless of who's over you, just do the best you can. Uh, it seems like I'm picking up two things in this story besides the fact that, of course, uh, just based on the color of your skin being passed over, but then just a, a belief in yourself that someone's, someone else's opinion of you should not become your reality. I think that's a Les Brown quote, and Les Brown is one of my favorite speakers, favorite motivational speakers, and he says, don't let someone else's per, uh, opinion of you become your reality, and it sounds like that is a way that you've lived your life, so maybe the uh, take home in this is to believe in yourself, and then regardless of who's put over you, uh, lesser ability, lesser education, uh, you know, even whether or not they're treating you well, you do it as if you were working for God, you know, do it as if you were, you know, uh, a job that you can be proud of, that, that's fantastic, that's fantastic. He's my master employer. So, so <laughs> when, when worse come to worse, I can always call him up because I know he's in charge of everything. And I would just say to you, uh, uh, Travis, as, in terms of um, uh, turning, like when somebody throw you a rock, instead of viewing it as a rock, use it as a stepping stone. I looked at COVID-19. So many people are miserable. They just can't take it. They are disobedient. People to ask them to wear a mask or whatever. They are just defiant. They're going to not do it even if it kills them. I said, be obedient to man's rules and to God, even though man's rule might not seem quite fair to you, but it's not about you. It's about all of us. So if you don't care about your life, care about mine. I care about yours and, and help protect me if you don't want to protect yourself. So I looked at COVID-19 and I thank God for it. I said, because there are some positive aspects of COVID-19. It was, uh, uh, it put, uh, the, the virus put us on pause, but, um, systemic racism coming out of it gave us a wake-up call. And so now we are responding in a way differently than I think we ever would have responded had COVID-19 occurred. And under COVID-19, I feel like I've become a better person and even a more productive person because I've reached out to people and people have reached out to me who I don't think I would have ever met had COVID-19 been about us because we were too busy running. 
to hear, yeah. see, a feel, a taste. And so I'm thankful for different aspects of COVID-19 because I think it shut us down for a reason. And I, I'm hoping that it will grow us. And when we come out from under this cloud, that we will be better people from, for having had this experience. Mm. That's so good to hear you say that because that's really what, what this show is all about. When we talk about overcoming adversity, it's actually about even developing a gratitude for the struggles of life, right? Yes. Many people look at their struggles as if they shouldn't have happened. However, these struggles are the best part of who we are. Um, you know, so I just think that uh, that is an awesome share because I believe that the COVID-19 has made us a much better business. It's yes. made us a stronger community. I never saw such support from our members as I saw during the COVID-19, and we're just so grateful. In fact, it's uh, filled my eyes with tears plenty of times just thinking about our community being journey strong together. And uh, yeah, like you said, people are just coming out in ways that they never would have come out before had we not had this pause. So um, are any other uh, particular moments that you'd like to share that just you know really inspired you to be on the path that you are 27 years uh, as the president for the Elmer Corning branch of the NAACP, uh, just, you know, you took it from a lot further than just pursuing an education. You have made a difference in the world. And uh, any other adversities or challenges or things you'd like to share? Well, I'd like to thank you for that, uh, uh, Travis, because many people don't re realize the work that the NAACP, being president of the NAACP entails. Some people see it as a uh, a spot, a high position where you get recognized and you get TV appearances or you get your name in the paper. Not about that at all. It's about the work behind the scenes. And if uh, somebody called me the other day and said, I got to compliment you. I didn't know until I was talking to somebody in the community how much work goes on that we don't even know about. And I'll talk about like criminal justice struggles. I get so many cases, uh, a weekly many times, that people never know about. And I give advice, well, we are a kind of an advocacy uh, organization, so I try to re redirect them or give them any resources I know about. And people will only hop on one case that I wasn't able to resolve. And rather than saying you, you, uh, you did 50 cases, okay, but this one, this is the one that was staked because negativity has a tendency to try to uh, override positive events. So you have to not let that put stop signs on your mind. You have to say, okay, you just don't know and you have your idea and I have mine and I'm going to continue to do what I do. But I encourage our young people to do the best you can because one of the things, we've been given scholarships for 23 years and we've given hundreds of scholarships to kids in the MR recording area. And we're right now doing an outcome check. We're gonna find as many of those students as we can and we're gonna do a press release on it. We're gonna determine what, how their accomplishments. We're gonna group them in groups, like how many doctors came out of this group? How many attorneys and all? And we will publicize that. And we want the funders to know that your investment has paid off. And we're also gonna find out how many came back to the area to work, how many stayed where they are, and why did those didn't come back? Why did they not come back? And I'm doing, dealing with some funders. I'm gonna give them feedback on that. So we are investing in young people every day. Um, we're gonna to try to do a Zoom thing later in August to give some kids kid, uh, scholarships or financial assistance grant. We said, if we open the door, we want you to be prepared to walk through it and become the best you can be. Don't go out there and say, well, 
racism is in the way and I cannot do this and I can't do that. You have to learn how to swim in shark infested racist waters and not let the shark eat you. So I said, it's not going to be easy, but you have to learn, you have to strategize, you have to plan. And, and we teach them also, uh, we got little, little pamphlets like, when you're stopped by the police, we got little pamphlets called 511 on the, the 410 on the 500, something like that is on there. <laughs> and it gives them steps. If you're stopped by the police, it's not time for you to get mouthy. It's time for you to listen and be obedient. They might not approach you well. They might, the language might be offensive to you and they might not treat you well, but you don't take them on on the street. You just listen to what, you, you be obedient to whatever, and then you take it to another level if you have to. We're trying to teach them how to survive and become the best they can be. And you don't take on every battle if you want to win the war. You have to learn what battles to choose if you want to win the war. Mm -hmm. Too often when we're just reactive, we may think that we've won a little battle in our mind, but we, we didn't do uh, much good for the war if we don't uh, follow that, that type of advice. So I think that that is awesome. Um, you know, those are some great achievements when it comes to uh, the NAACP, which, by the way, uh, for our viewers, um, you can have white people be part of the NAACP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is almost funny, Travis, because it was founded by uh, uh, a mixed group of people. There were a lot of interested white people. That, the organization is 111 years old, the national, and we are 101 in local. Uh, and it was started by uh, a biracial group of people. And people don't know that, and I don't know, but because people don't study history, one of the things, let me hop on that too, I've been in touch with a lot of uh, college professors in the last week or so. And I'm saying you have to put some of this in your curriculum. I said, because uh, if people knew the uh, the contributions that people of color has made to America, that would be a much greater appreciation for the people. And not only that, our young people will be proud of them, of their forefathers and all, but they leave all of that out of the curriculum. So people don't know the contributions that have made. So we are fighting, we're, we're not fighting, but we're striving on every level. Every, every, each one reach one, each one teach one. If it's a college, you best you can do in place what you can put in place because uh, life in the world is like a puzzle. Every piece has a place. And if it's the education arena, Put, you put your piece in place and make that the best it can be. If it's a criminal justice system, you put that piece in place because we have like uh, six game changers in the NAACP and it covers health, it's co it covers education, civic engagement, um, criminal justice, youth development, education, all of those arenas. Everybody has a role to play in making America the best it, it can be because as you heard me say at your meeting, hate has never made America great and it never will. So if we learn how to work together, um, and Dr. Keen uh, uh, said something about if we learn to, learn to get together, uh, I can't think of the quote right now, but I got it down here. And if, we, if we don't learn how to live together as, as humans, we're gonna uh, go down uh, like fools. You know? So if we, if we want to make America great and be the best it can be, or keep America great, however you might, what terminology you wanna use, we're all in this thing together. Things that happen in America might not hit you directly, but it's sure going to impact you indirectly. So like I said, a train called change. I'm saying to people, let's look at life and get on this train called change and try to be the best we can be because we're ready to move. And if you don't get on the train called change and, and be with us and you stand on the track, you might just kind of feel the impact. So you got to determine 
where you want to be in the struggle. Because I believe we're in a movement today. I believe this whole thing right now that we're doing, it's a movement. And I don't believe we're going backwards. I believe we're going forward. So we're saying join us. And uh, because all of us want America to be peaceful and we want unity in the community, that's our objective. That's our goal. Who, uh, uh, I don't care what persuasion you are, you don't want anything less than that. So we're saying let's do it together because that's yeah. power in unity. Yes, but the unity in community, I love it. I heard a quote, and I'm not sure who it's by, but as strong as we are united, is as weak as we are divided. And, yes. uh, you know, just yes. a, yes. the more that we can unite to bring change and be the change that we want to see. And for anybody that's listening or watching today, this is about unity. This is about love. The other day we were talking as a team, and we we're just talking because we're always posting positive things on social media. We're a mind, body, spirit type of company. And we we're talking, we we're like, well, we don't want to just be for a moment. Like when we had our boot camp and when we had you speak there and we had a chicken barbecue to raise funds for Gianna Floyd, uh, the daughter of George Floyd, uh, you know, that was for the moment. But how do you continue? How do you continue to be part of that? Because what we decided is it's not necessarily about like affiliating yourself with this or that, but it's about saying, be the change you want to see and learn to love one another, right? Because that's what we all want in order to be united. So uh, really amazing stuff, amazing stuff. What, what specific strategies, um, mantras, resources? Go ahead. To the point you just made, Travis, about I, I, I really admire you guys for what you did with that. that you did it in a unique way. You did some exercising and then you did the food and for, for a worthy call. That is all about bringing about change. That, that's a step in the right direction. See, uh, bringing about change might take a lot of steps, but each one, reach one. Each one, make one. Take that step. So I applaud you for doing that. And, and, I, and I take that back to the marches and protesters. I said, that was awesome. That was a wake-up call. You brought attention to the problem, but you cannot stop there. If you want to change a systemic racism, you have to work with the system and within the system. You got to do your voting. You got to take your souls to the polls. You have to uh, do your census. You cannot just stop and say, "Well, I was on the street two weeks, and and I, I and I'm, I'm sure things gonna happen." No. You have to keep this train going because if you just put the food on the train and the train is sitting on the tracks, it's not going anywhere. You have to make, you have to move the train. So I thank you guys for doing that. And I hope more people will just get on board and say, let me do my little piece. I can do this. Let me do this. And then I'm ready to join others. If somebody else have another idea that would take us further, let me get on that boat and go with them too. That's what we are looking for. Mm -hmm. Well, we, we have some, you know, we didn't even realize what it is that we could do for a part, but I, my prayer for everyone that's been part of a march is that they keep on marching, <laughs> right? And, and I don't even mean, uh, you know, just march daily, right? Like, what are you doing to be the change that you want to see? And uh, I feel really good about our community event. I think that it honored our, our diverse team. We have great African-American people on our team that I'm just super proud uh, to be uh, their brother, uh, to be their friend, uh, to be their teammate. You know, those are uh, great feelings for me. And then I, I wanted to hop on this podcast because I said, well, what else can we do for the people that didn't make it? And that's why, you know, we're here today is because I think that that should be the encouragement for everybody. Yes, you can attend a march, but then what do you do in your daily life to be the change that you want to see? You know, how can we do that? And that's what I'm about to ask you is what suggestions do you have for people as far as strategies, um, resources, uh, 
you've been given a lot of words to live by. I can't wait to go back to this podcast. I'm going to have some new quotes, <laughs> you know, new mantras, you know, and things like that. Learning to swim in shark infested waters without getting ate by the sharks. I think that was a great analogy. Um, what, what suggestions do you have for people that, uh, you know, want to do more than just, you know, show up for a march and be the change that they want to see and resources or strategies, if you would? I think they should uh, learn more about the uh, structured system. Uh, what can I do to impact structure? If I see it negatively, what can I do to try to make it better? So that means you might need to uh, consider running for an office, um, visit your, your, your council meeting, get acquainted with uh, a councilman there, to get acquainted with your local official. It doesn't just start in Washington. It started at your back door. It started right in your community. Then it goes to the state level. Then it goes to the national level. But all of those levels will impact your life. So learn as much about that as possible. Many people go and vote for people they don't really even know. They just kind of, well, I'm a Democrat, so I'm going to just lock these Democratic candidates. I'm a Republican. And this person has been going to office with you for 20 years and never honored your requests or met your needs, and you just keep sending them back. My sermon to them is retire them. It's time to retire people. If they are not accountable, uh, they are not carrying out the mandates that they promise you, retire them. And take a look at other people or run yourself in, in for office because you can't just sit around and say somebody else will do it. Uh, um, uh, each one, each one takes self inventory. What am I doing to make America a better place? It can be like a chain reaction. If I become better, I might touch somebody else and, and encourage them to become better. You can't just sit around and wait for somebody else to, to make the change. You have to be a change agent. And so we're encouraging young people to, and we say we'll, we'll try to bring some of these politicians before you. Uh, because many times you have to meet young, young people where they are. That means on a Zoom somewhere or, or somewhere where they're going to tune in and learn how to become a politician. What do you need to know? And once you become a politician, uh, what impacts your behavior that uh, causes you not to do what you promised the people you would do? We're trying to educate them on the system because that's what needs changing. And if we can't make some systemic changes, we'll be marching and protesting the rest of our lives. And I say, and I'm not uh, uh, minimizing that, marching and protesting have caused a lot of change in, in America. Going back in the day when, when there was a black and white signs all over the, uh, the South where you couldn't go into a restaurant or you couldn't uh, ride in the front of all that. Protesters drew attention to that. There were, there were uh, strategies put in place and much of that changed. So we have seen some change, but we still, we're still developing racism. Unlike the common cold, we found a cure. We haven't found a cure for racism, but it doesn't mean we can't, just like uh, um, COVID-19, they're doing everything they can to find a cure. We can work to, find, to, to minimize the impact of racism. So I'm saying, look at the uh, avenues you can you can travel on to help do that. And if you just can't stop at, at the first stop sign, if you're on Interstate 99, you can't get off at the wrong end. There many more exits on this uh, uh, interstate. So we're teaching people to, to realize that just one thing won't do it. But if that's all you can do, then that's all you can do. But then the rest of us, let's, let's keep it moving. Yeah, that is so good. So good about being a change agent. Um, I think that uh, what we're really asking people to do is that you can, you can choose two mentalities. One is a victim and the other is a victor. 
And if you want to do yeah. big things and you can't think small, you know, certainly you can just have a, a daily attitude that's against the you know, racism and oppression or things like that. But you could also think big and say, what offices can I aspire to reach? You know, how can I go get an education like Georgia that allows me to hold a position that allows me to really make a big change where we win the war instead of these little battles, these little fights that we want to pick throughout our life. I think sometimes those little battles uh, have to do with two different mentalities. And I think that that goes back to your don't put stop signs in your mind, right? If you don't put stop signs in your mind, think of the big things that you could do to create the change that you want to see in the world. I think that's just fantastic advice for our listeners. And, and, and Trevor, it, it requires um, perseverance, determination, and motivation. And I'll just share with you, when I was working on my master's, I was working, I was going to school, and I was taking care of family. And people told me, impossible, you can't do that. And I said, yes, you can. You prioritize. You don't neglect any of that. You just have to prioritize. I couldn't go out to dinner as much. I couldn't go partying as much. I had to, I had to discipline my life. I said, but you, you have to decide if you want it badly enough, you can discipline yourself to accomplish that. But so many times we want what we want, but we don't want to do what we need to do to accomplish that objective. Mm, yes, yes. You can tell how important something is to somebody by what they're willing to sacrifice to make yes. it happen. Yes. Yes. So good. So good. Well, uh, there's a lot of people out there trying to make a difference. And I think that that's some excellent advice. Is there uh, any other uh, advice or any other requests that you'd make of our, our listeners, our viewers? I had a little quote here that I took from somebody. Um, and it, it, it just really struck me and I got to go back and look to find it. Um, I, it said, I was saying there, um, my faith, I told you faith is key in my life. My faith has energized me and my health. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. My health has mobilized me emotionally, my faith and health, emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually. Um, because, um, and, and going to health, um, I exercise five days a week before COVID-19 and I eat right. And, and I say to people, you can't have one and not do the other. You, you think, well, I'm going to work out and I'm going to invest in my system anything I want to. It doesn't work that way. You have to have some discipline because you don't need all the junk that you put into your system. So uh, yeah. those two things are very important to me. And for, and for uh, my, my uh, spiritual uh, being, I just see how God moves. And if God created this magnificent universe, and he uh, put the sun in place and the moon and the stars, and they've been on course ever since creation. That's a nonstop of a God. So when worse come to worse, I just call him up and say, I need your help. And I believe in my call. He might not come when I want him, but he's always on time. And he might not come the way I think he should come, but I ask him to help me recognize his move. Because sometimes what we ask for is not necessarily good for us. So, but uh, that was a quote that said um, that the best part of life is to make the journey like a best-selling book. And I wanted to share that with you. Uh, tell a fantastic story, including overcoming obstacles, risk-taking, and continued development. And most importantly, I have learned to realize that difficulty is not designed to derail me, but to develop me. Oh, that is so good. That is so good. In fact, maybe that's a challenge to our viewers and listeners to write your story. If your story, if you're at the end of your days and your story was being read, what would it say? And then go reverse engineer your life and make sure that your life matches up with the story that you want it to be. I think that's fantastic, Georgia. That's awesome. 
Uh, boy, that's some good advice. And thank you for sharing that advice. You know, at the Overcomers podcast being sponsored by Journey 333, we sure do appreciate the uh, five days of exercise and healthy eating uh, that we're recommending, you know, because that's fuel for your body. And, you know, we need these bodies if we're going to march, if we're going to make a difference in the world. Uh, very important. Um, how can our audience engage with you? Uh, what would be the uh, best way if anybody oh, yeah. wanted to reach yeah, out? Maybe. People can call me and they do it often. They, they can go on Facebook. I put a lot of information on what we do on Facebook on uh, NAACP Facebook and my, my personal Facebook. And uh, so they can, um, they can, they can um, just send me an email or whatever. Cause sometimes people listen to something and say, I just have one, one thing you said, I want to follow up on. So we have email, we have uh, Facebook, we have a website, we have all of that out there. And so they can just put it on, on, on the NAACP uh, Facebook and I'll see it and I'll respond to it that way. So any way they want to contact us, there are many ways of doing that. Okay, and they, they can find your uh, email as well on the uh, NAACP uh, website? Yeah, well, it, well it's, it's uh, uh, it, how did we put that? It's the email that's out there and YouTube is out there. All of that is out there. Just go to the website and, and now if they have some difficulty navigating through that, Call me, send me an email, and and uh, because they got that G email and my regular email, and many people know me. I've been around a long time, <laughs> like air. I've been around a long time, so uh, most people know how to find me. But if they but if they have some difficulty, those are avenues they can explore or send me a message that way. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you on behalf of uh, our viewers, our listeners, and myself. Uh, Thank you for the gift of your time today. It's definitely been an honor to have you on the show. Uh, thank you so much for what you're doing in the world. Appreciate you. Well, well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure talking with you. I wrote all these notes, but I hardly looked at them. So, so <laughs> because you kept me going. And that's where I like for it to be anyway. But, uh, you know, I was trying to jot down some bullets I wanted to share. But I believe what comes out is what needed to come out. So what I got to the bullets I had written down, that doesn't even matter if I answered the questions you posed to me. That was what it was all about. So thank you for having me. And you stay well. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Overcomers Podcast, sponsored by Journey333. When I am not hosting the Overcomers Podcast, I am working at one of our fitness franchises so that I can continue to help people overcome adversity on a daily basis. That's right, people come to the Journey333 fitness franchises because they want a coach in their life. They want somebody to help them overcome the adversities of life, motivate them to higher levels of greatness, bring out their potential, help them lose weight, get off medications, fight depression, fight anxiety. That's what we do on a regular basis. If you feel like you want your life to be about helping more people to overcome their adversities, if you feel like you're an overcomer and you want to create more overcomers, then maybe owning a Journey 333 franchise would be for you. To find out more, go to www.journeyfitness333.com.